Okay. So who would like to share their takeaways from the Eternity Chat? Well, I have a few scriptures from it that, um, that I've been, you know, meditating on. So um, for Philippians 2.13 and Ephesians 2.10 going together, um, for it is Philippians 2.13 being, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So, um, you know, God makes you want to do his will, and then God helps you to do his will. And so, you know, just, you know, so it's like, oh, why is this so hard? Well, just keep meditating on it and yielding to God. And Mm -hmm. then Ephesians 2.10 for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And this has spoken to me in the past because, you know, it's like, okay, we're not saved by good works, but once we are saved, we are to do good works. Oh, that's good. You know, um, but then the second half, connects to Philippians 2.13 fairly well, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, you know, yes, God makes us want to do his will, make, helps us to do his will, and God has ordained those things that we should walk in. Mm-hmm. I remember those scriptures you were talking about. And um, <clears throat> I remember reading it and realized that the first time I've read them, you know, I don't know when it was, but I didn't get it that the transition that God, do what God wants you to do, not what I want to do. And that goes along with asking him what he wants. When I, one day I was riding my motorcycle on the road and there was this guy walking. I heard go and get him water and then bring it back. It was a hot day. He's walking on blacktop. It was right near the church. So I went to the store down the road and I got two waters. I got him a roast beef sandwich. Um, you know, I, I, I got him lunch. And when I came back, I turned around and brought it to him. And, uh, and I said, okay. So he was very appreciative. So then I started to ride off. Then I heard, well, aren't you going to ask him if he knows Jesus? So I turned around and went back. And I ended up doing that three times. I forget what the three things were, but ended up doing it three times. And I was like, I'm getting tired of turning around here. Um, so when I, I asked him if he wanted to receive Jesus. So I did that and I said, just hang here. I said, I'll go back. He needed a new bag to put his stuff in. It was ripped. I don't mean a paper bag, a, a satchel. 
and I knew we were giving away to the men in the church. So I called, asked them to get me one, and they gave me a few books because he had just come to Jesus. So I go and I get it. When I come back, he's gone. I mean, gone. And so I just, I, just, he, I looked all the places he could have walked in that time. And he was not there. And I said, well, maybe someone gave him a ride. Okay, then I'd be happy for him. But after that, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I did not do anything about what I heard. I did, once I got that, go get a mortar, I decided the meal, you know, I decided what he needed. And, you know, it wasn't that it was bad, but it wasn't what God had told me to do. So. Did you get him water? Yeah, I gave him, I, when I got back to him the first time, I gave him two big bottles of water and this sandwich. I told him, don't let it sit in the sun, eat it before. I said, because there's mayonnaise on it. So, I mean, you know, I did everything right to me. You know, he was a big guy, six something. But I didn't do it right because I didn't do it exactly as I had heard it. So that's the type of thing, you know, do what God says to do, not what I think to do. So what will it take, Shalom, for God's thing not to be like on the outside of you, for God's thing not to be a separate thing? You said, um, you said, oh, there's what I want to do and what God wants to do. When are those two things going to become one? When is it that? There is a straining on my part to make sure I do it right. And that's, I think we talked about, it's old thinking. Because if I do what God says, I will do it right. It's just calming down. This was my opportunity at that time to, and, you know, I, I didn't do it wrong, but I didn't do it as God said. He said, go get him a bottle of water. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, or let me share this story first, and then I'll ask you my question. So uh, there was a time, you know, I, I like to dress. And everywhere, I mean, my whole life, everywhere I've been, um, you know, how they have the most likely to succeed or they have the Miss Congeniality Award or they have, I was always the best dressed. I was the diva. I was the cover girl. I was the this, I was the that. That's the award I always got. I like to dress. So this one period comes in my life where um, I had bought my sister a book and the book was called, If Men Are Like Buses, Then How Do I Catch One? <laughs> So, but it was written by a Christian author. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Let me read this book before I send it to her. I want to make sure I'm sending her something for this sound. And so I read it and 
in the book, the author talks about Esther and how when it got time for her to go before the king, you know, all the other ladies, they, when they got to pick out their own outfits, they picked out their own outfits. But Esther was the only one who asked the chamberlain, the king's right-hand man, what does the king like? And he told her that's how she dressed. And she's the one who got the favor. Um, and so I said, well, Lord, you're my king. How do you want me to dress? And from that time on, it became every morning I would ask him, Lord, what do you want me to wear today? What do you want me to wear today? Um, and there were times he told, and now I said, I like to dress. I've, I've always gotten complimented on the way I dress, you know, all of that. So in my own thinking, I know how to dress. But Lord, what do you want me to wear today? Thinking that he would tell me something that I would tell me. Well, there were days when he told me something that I just totally did not. I didn't like it. But I listened and I wore it. And I got more compliments on those days than on days when I wore, you know, what I chose. Um, and I was telling my spiritual mother about it. And she said, um, you know, some, some things that we think are small, they're not as small as we think they are. Listening to what the Lord says to wear. And I wore hats and gloves and everything to church. I mean, I, I did it up when I went to church, right? But he was like, no, don't wear these shoes. Wear those shoes. No, don't wear this. Wear that. Just and little tiny to No, I want you to put the brooch right here. Put the brooch right. No, that's too far up. Put, I mean, the Lord was very picky some days. It was quite funny. So, but I would listen and I would do it. And I was sharing this with my spiritual mother. And she says, you know, things that we think are small, they're not as small as we think they are. So you're listening to the Lord to put things on the exact way he says is very important. And what I've come to learn, this was some 20 years ago, what I've come to learn is that he was teaching me to follow directions. He was teaching me to pay attention to details. He was teaching me to let his thoughts override my thoughts because this wasn't something that I wasn't skilled in doing. He blessed me to know how to dress. He blessed me with fashion sense. He blessed me with these things. But now, even though he's the one who blessed me with it, would I listen to him when it came to what he wanted to say? So he was teaching me alignment if I really want to get down to it. And I didn't know it. To me, it was just putting on what he wanted me to put on. But there was a willingness. Lord, you're my king. How do you want me to dress? What looks good to you? So why do I share that story? Because you're saying, okay, you know, I did things. I didn't do it wrong, but I didn't do it the way God wanted me to. So there's still two different ways. And you say there's a resistance or a pushback, or I forgot the word you used, but when it comes to doing what he says, because you're afraid you might do it wrong. Um, and it came down to wrong thinking. Okay. But if there's a renewing of the mind that's taking place, if there's correction and direction that's coming forth and the Lord's trying to teach you, it looks like a natural principle, but really there is a much bigger spiritual principle at work here. How would the Lord teach you that? For me, it came through the, the physical aspect of dressing. For you, what might that be? I don't know right now. 
Might I suggest something? You can say no. All right. It might be just following directions in the natural. When you're given directions to do something, do it the way it's given to you. When you're giving a, given a time schedule for something, do it in that time schedule. When you're given a specific order in which to do something, do it in that order. Following directions. There's a scripture and it says, if you hate your, how can you love God whom you have not seen if you hate your brother whom you have seen? It's the same way. How can you hear and follow and obey God's directions, someone that you've not seen when you can't follow the directions given from a person that you have seen? When we separate God, period, um, God's, God's directions, God's way of doing it from the way I want to do it, um, God from the spiritual leader that he has given me, God from whatever, when we separate him from the natural like that, then we're always going to relate to him as an outside source, an outside force, and we're not going to assimilate to him. We're not going to become one with him. But when we realize that the natural many times is a mirror of the spiritual and that God places people in our lives, it's just like with parents. Parents are God's representative in the lives of their children, supposed to be. Pastors are God's representatives in the lives of their congregants, supposed to be. But when we have a man or a woman of God, so like Apostle Thompson for me, right? Pastor George for me, uh, Brother Copeland for me. I know that they are human and that they are subject to error, but I also recognize them as the gifts that God has given me and they represent God in my life. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to um, obey them. I'm going to you know, receive what the counsel that they give. Because if I'm not listening to these, and they're called gifts. That's what Ephesians 4 is about. Christ has given us, the body um, has given us gifts. Apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are ministry gifts. And if I'm separating my ministry gift from God himself, then I'm going to have a hard road to hope. Because I need to understand that God is speaking through the spiritual gifts for my edification, for my growth, for my um, maturation, all that, perfection, all that. So if you're having this angst, this crisis where, okay, oh, I'm do what God says, I got to make sure I get it right and having a problem, then allow him to train you. And the training takes place in the natural. The training takes place in the natural, and you'll find that as you get more proficient at the things in the natural, that you'll see the effects of the spiritual. And that as you relate to the ministry gifts or the spiritual instruction or whatever it is that God's given you in the natural, then you'll be able to relate better to him in the spiritual. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Round two. If you've been blessed by what you've heard, 
Won't you prayerfully consider sowing into God's Love Song Ministries? Let this seed, let this financial gift be your faith expression that says, Lord, I have heard the word. Lord, I received the word. And now, Lord, I'm expecting to see a manifestation of this word in my life. So here I am placing this money into your kingdom, letting you know that I fully stand on the word that I have heard and received. Praise the Lord. If you would like to sow, you may do so through PayPal, Zelle, Cash App, or Venmo. You may also give online at our website. And if you're sewing from Kenya, or if you are sewing by giving Kenyan shillings, you may give through M-Pesa. The information is on your screen. If you're listening to a podcast, the information is in the description. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to become a Light Bee partner of God's Love Song Ministries. What is a Light Bee partner? Well, first understand, Light Bee, Revelation Bee, glory to God. So when we minister, we're ministering from a place of revelation and speaking revelation to the people that they will have more illumination of the word. What is a partner? A partner is one who sends monthly financial donations, who prays for our ministry, who attends or participates in our outreaches or events, and supports our ministry so we can continue to fulfill the mandate that the Lord has given us, to raise souls in the kingdom. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to become a Light Bee partner or learn more about what a Light Bee partner is, please go to our website. The link is on the screen, and if you are listening to a podcast, it's in the description. It's godslovesongministries.com slash partnership. Thank you so much. Loving you with the love of the Lord. Shalom.